comics, TV, movies, video games, and more. The Comic and Culture Cast. Holy, this character used to be called Captain Marvel, but was owned by another comic company that was in a lawsuit over Superman with DC and then ended up selling Captain Marvel to DC and then Captain Marvel was created by Marvel Comics. And so another lawsuit happened. So the comics had to be called Power of Shazam featuring Captain Marvel. And then in 2011, the character was just called Shazam, Batman. It's time for the comic and culture cast. <laughs> well done. <laughs> this you. is Les, your Marvelous Marvel guy. And I may not be from the Capitol, but I'm your DC guy, Josh. All right, Josh, I'll leave you do the intro. All right, sounds good. To do this, since this is your thing. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. So this episode, we are reviewing the newest entry to the comic book film universes. The next DC Universe film, Earth's Mightiest Mortal, the original Captain Marvel, Shazam. We'll also review a Shazam comic and go over a little bit of news. And also, we have a really cool, fun activity slash game that I came up with like literally five minutes ago. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But yeah. anyway, you want to jump into news slash? Let's do it. All right, let me set a timer. Man, I can't believe I made it through that intro. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Thanks. And one take, too. Yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> All right. Oh, not a one-hour timer. That's for my laundry. <laughs> 15 minutes. All right. So for those of you who don't remember, Newsflash is 15 minutes of news, and then we finish our sentence, and we're done. Anything else gets moved to next week or goes to the Facebook page. More about the Facebook page at the end of the episode. <laughs> you want to start us off with box office news let's do it ready set go all right so first up alita battle angel uh it actually did make more than i thought it would i have to be honest uh i wouldn't really consider it like a big hit but not really a flop uh but i do think that the money it made was kind of respectable uh given the circumstances uh it faced quite heavy competition kind of right out of the gate so uh domestically um, I, as of April 6th, it's made $85 million domestically and $401 million worldwide. So definitely kicked butt internationally there, for sure. Um, yeah, I think we're just so used to comic book movies taking in a whole bunch of money yeah. that we're not used to. This is what was typical mm-hmm. back in the day. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, next, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Uh, it's still doing really well. Still the lowest grossing of the franchise, unfortunately. I don't think it'll be able to catch up to How to Train Your Dragon 2. Uh, I guess we'll just have to stay tuned to see. Maybe it can. I I feel like there's just too much competition right now that I just don't see it happening. But uh, as of April 6th, it's made uh, 155 million domestically and 504 million worldwide. So pretty good there. Uh, any any comments for How to Train Your Dragon? Not really. Um. Yeah. It's it's going. I'm glad it's doing mm-hmm. well. But then again, it doesn't need to do extremely well mm-hmm. because it's the end of the yeah. series but then again i want the people to make money because they made a good movie so yeah for sure that's yeah all i have to say and then uh, i'm just gonna give a little plug in for dumbo i actually saw it last weekend uh liked it it was a very cute movie if you have kids i definitely uh, recommend checking it out uh that has made 62 million domestically 136 million worldwide 
Uh, so just that little plug for the flying elephant there. Um, Captain Marvel, we'll talk about, uh, hit a billion dollars, which is awesome. Uh, congratulations to everyone that worked on that film. Uh, Carol Danvers has become a very special character to me, so I'm happy to see it do really well. Uh, it's made, it's basically at one billion, like, basically on the dot right now, uh, and 364 million domestically. And then that just leaves Shazam, which is opening up, uh, this is its opening weekend, right? Yeah, so, and today is yeah. Saturday, so. Yeah, it's Saturday, April 6th. Uh, right now, it's um, at 23 million domestically and 67 million worldwide. I expect that number to keep increasing since it's just its second day out, so um, I guess it'll probably even change by the time we finish recording this, so I guess just stay tuned for that. Uh, and that's, yeah. yeah. I saw people projecting 51 million opening weekend for Shazam. Yeah. We'll see how accurate that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's the box office update, so. Cool. cool. Do you want to go ahead and tackle the next thing, too? Sure, yeah. So we have a ton of Avengers Endgame uh, to talk about. Uh, like I said last episode, kind of that was its last kind of hoorah, but we're going to talk about, um, like, kind of in Newsflash, right? So tickets are on sale right now. Uh, if you want to see Endgame opening weekend, I highly recommend you get on it now because they're selling out like crazy people are actually selling like opening night tickets for like crazy amounts of money like a thousand dollars like it's it's getting pretty nuts um so yeah like like fandango adam uh websites they were like an over hour wait times uh so i'm sure it's like cooled down now so you might be able to get a ticket for like a friday or saturday showing um right now it's on track for an 850 million worldwide opening weekend wow. That would be the uh, second biggest opening weekend in entertainment history and the biggest opening weekend for a film. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it's worth noting, though, that it would open in the U.S. and China, which some films don't get the luxury to do that. You know, mm -hmm. like opening in both those markets at the same time is like a huge, like big push for them. So yeah, um, the largest markets in the world. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we also have a new trait, uh, new teaser, excuse me, for it. Just a minute long. I won't get into too much details of it, uh, but go look it up. It's really awesome. Uh, as a huge Marvel fan, you know, I geeked out at a lot of the footage there. Um, CinemaCon showed also some footage of the film. I won't go into too much detail for spoiler purposes, but know that you can just, like, if you want to get, like, just a bit of a sneak peek to kind of find out what's going on, go look it up. Uh, if you don't, that's fine. I mean, I kind of wish I did it because it kind of did go into little spoilery details, but uh, I too late now for me i guess um we have new character posters uh showcasing um kind of everyone that died in infinity war as well as who survived um slight spoilers for those that want to go into the film completely dark but we have uh, official confirmation that uh shuri was among one of those that were killed in infinity war and that Valkyrie and Wong will return in some capacity um, in Avengers Endgame. We don't know what their whole role is. Also, we have the, the last piece of Endgame news. So we have the official runtime. It is clocking in at three hours. Basically, exactly. It's like 58 seconds longer, um, which is a total 31 minutes longer than Infinity War. So, yeah, it's going to be Marvel's longest film. Um, and, yeah, I'm super excited. So, coming up. Yeah, I just planned on buying a ticket when we walked up to the window. Yeah, that's what I had to do for AMC because their website was like crazy down. I ended up buying an opening ticket for at a Regal Cinema, and then yeah, I, I picked up an AMC ticket for Friday. So yeah, but I had um, to go out the door. Last time I checked, and this was a year ago, so it might mm -hmm. be different. 
now, but um, Epic Theaters, I don't think, does online tickets through like oh, really? and stuff. So yeah, I'm just going to get there early and wait in line. Now that I think about it with Epic, I know I got theirs. I think you can go to their actual website and get tickets, but okay. I don't. I don't think I remember. I don't think I ever used it for Fandango. So, but okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Um, I have never bought a ticket online except mm-hmm. for Aquaman because I went to the early showing for Amazon subscribers mm-hmm. to get a login through Amazon. Yeah. Other than that, I've never bought a ticket online, so we'll see. I how buy it goes. like I buy all of mine online now. Just, Maybe I'll go up to the window easier. and wait in line, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, here's the ticket for the 10 p.m. showing, and I'll get there at, like, 6 p.m. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so um, let's see. Shazam pulled in $3.3 million on its preview weekend, which is the time that you saw it, and yeah. there was only 1,200 theaters. Aquaman did $2.9 million, so nice. there's some comparison there. Um, now... Uh, with a Suicide Squad film, Guy Norris has joined the crew, and he was the stunt director for Mad Max Fury Road, so that's kind of interesting. I love that movie. Yeah, that was a, a weird movie, but it was good. Yeah. A couple more things about the Suicide Squad film. Idris Elba is still in the movie, according to Variety, but apparently he's not going to be Deadshot, and Deadshot won't be in the movie at all. Oh. So we're trying to figure out what character he's going to be, and my thoughts are maybe Bronze Tiger. But That'd there, be cool. There, Yeah, there's still no word of who he would be, but that's my prediction. Yeah. Viola Davis is rumored to return as Amanda Waller, and Jai Courtney is rumored to return as Captain Boomerang, and Margot Robbie is rumored to return as Harley Quinn, and Joel Kinnaman is rumored to return as Rick Flagg. (laughs) So we have a bunch of rumors from a bunch of sources, but the only thing we know for sure is that The Suicide Squad is not a sequel, but a reboot. So a lot of conflicting information here. Yeah. So I honestly don't know what to make of any of it. Yeah, I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's crazy stuff. (laughs) <laughs> with that said i want to say one more thing before i kick it back to you all right and that is the joker film had its first trailer oh, oh boy man it, that trailer. it has me excited Whew, okay so i want to talk about that trailer for a bit so i was at, i was at work when the trailer dropped right and i don't know like i i, I just like when i saw it i was kind of like eh, like i don't know maybe i'll just check it out at lunch normally i'm kind of like oh i have to check out these mm-hmm. trailers like the minute they drop right but it, i just like wasn't as excited for it like prior but then I saw the trailer, and oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. I, I'm like, I, I can't wait for this movie. Like, the, the cinematography in that trailer is, oh, it, it's it's so beautiful. I, I can't yeah. wait. So yeah, I was very back and forth on this film, mm-hmm. as we talked about. But this trailer has me back on board. And of oh, course, yeah. I want to know more before going in. But they have plenty of time to show off more, and they've mm-hmm. already grabbed my attention. Yeah, for sure. It's like, they went in a direction I did not think, or I had no idea like they would go in so yeah. i'm like i'm really then, excited for this um mark moron was in the joker film and he talked a little bit about the film and there's an interesting quote that i pulled from one of his statements it's um the approach that todd phillips has taken is more of an origin story and a character study of a mentally ill person that becomes the joker and i think todd phillips even said that um it's very hard to make an origin film about a character that does not have a set in stone mm-hmm. origin and that he kind of plays with that. So I'm excited to see what they do with the idea of him having no origin, but yeah. making an origin film for him. I think it's going to be, have some ambiguity to it, kind of like the dark Knights Joker had. So we'll see. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for it. So yeah. yeah be so good. why don't you take it back now? All right, cool. So we got some Borderlands news. Uh, Borderlands three has been officially revealed, which is really cool. There was like a whole big event. Um, and we have a release date. I, I want to say it leaked and then I don't know the details. I want to say the release date leaked and then Gearbox just came out and they're like, yeah, that's the release date. So, uh, it's releasing <laughs> September 13th, 
um, of this year. So it's coming up really soon, which is really cool. Uh, I love when companies are just like, oh, hey, yeah, by the way, we're releasing this in like a few months. So that's awesome. Also, they uh, remastered Borderlands 1 which is really cool. So you can now play all the Borderlands games uh, in 4K, if you have a 4K console or anything. Uh, you can play it on all current generation platforms, which is really cool. Uh, Borderlands 1, 2, and then the pre-sequel. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'll keep going a little bit here with Apple. Uh, Apple has unveiled Apple TV+, Plus, another streaming service. Oh boy, oh boy. That just makes my wallet so happy. Um, yeah, it's... It's a streaming service, right? It's going to be like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. Um, and uh, I guess that's it's coming soon. There was like a whole big like event, but they didn't really reveal that much. They just had like a bunch of like actors and, and uh, directors and all that there. So uh, I guess we'll just have to stay tuned for what else uh, they'll unveil. But yeah, yeah to me, the that event was kind of a disappointment. Did you watch it? I um, didn't watch it, so I just saw I like updates or something. Live stream of people commenting on it. Oh, okay. And they like posted pictures, they put quotes and all that type of stuff. Got and it. to me, I think Apple makes great software and hardware. I mm. don't think services are their forte. So we'll see how it goes though. Yeah, I'm and they I know they announced the game subscription yeah. thing too, right? I don't know the details on that. It's but... more of apps. Like app got like mobile apps, apps right? Yeah. Is what I'm I think there's some okay, Mac games too, but it's mostly mobile apps. Got it. So interesting. I'm curious to see like how it does, especially with like how many streaming services there are now. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm getting streaming service fatigue at this point, so it's like yeah, I'm great. There. <laughs> All right, I'll pass All it back right. to you. Cool. So um, let's see. Let's jump around a little bit. Um, the Promise Neverland, which we talked about, and I know you have a little bit of news of. So yeah. I'll leave that part for you, but it's cool. actually in an English dub. Next week, nice. April 13th, it starts. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So, um, uh, I, I watched the okay. trailer, and the voices aren't that bad. They actually kind of match the characters. Uh, that's sometimes to, an issue with dubs. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I know I know. for me, it's like hearing it in one language, whether I hear it in English or Japanese you first is kind of the one I want to stick with. Yeah. And then it's like, for me, it's like switching and like hearing it in other languages. Like, it just feels so wrong to me. But I, I, I am kind of curious to, to check it out, though. So I, I'll just check out the trailer to see. But uh, yeah, uh, The Promised Neverland uh, completed its first season now. So you can go watch the entire thing. Uh, I want to give it a score because uh, I've watched the whole thing. And I don't give out the score often, but... I I'm like I'm so in love with this show. It's it, like it's it's unpredictable. That was a good last episode. You you what I love is it's like it was funny because I was listening to the um to our episode or to our podcast the last episode where we talked about Promise Neverland right and we were talking about like how the whole Emma thing right like how like yeah. oh it just it doesn't make sense to bring everybody right and that's uh, but then that's what's so cool is like she the whole went, montage of scenes yeah right yeah like she went against all of that and that's why I love like it's so unpredictable it's like I never was expecting it to play out the way it did which is so cool uh for me I'm giving it a 10 out of 10 I loved it, it this is my by far my favorite season of any anime I've watched it's just it's cool. so good um and then we're also getting a second season. It's coming back next year, so which kind of makes me sad because we saw a while ago. But yeah, <laughs> um, I watched the last episode yesterday, so uh -huh. I need more time to digest before I come up with a score. But Got I know it. it'll be a positive one. So. Oh yeah. Um, two more things. Um, more info on the 30th anniversary Dragon Ball Z Blu-ray. Funimation cool. has released a trailer and a pre-order campaign. They need three thousand people to pre-order it. If they are going to make it, it's three hundred fifty dollars. Oh dang. 
Um, though the collector's edition features the entire series and its original 4x3 aspect ratio, which is something fans have been requesting for the Blu-ray releases of the series for some time, there's quite a bit of controversy among fans for the release. Many claim that this new collector's edition does not do enough different from previous releases to justify its pre-order campaign. But if successful, it will come out on November 5th of 2019, and over 1,700 people have already reserved a copy. You need to reserve one by May 5th, so you have one month pretty much to um, lock it in. Also, Dragon Ball Super Broly is available on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital April 16th. We have um, one minute left, and I kind of want to cover that one quote thing, but you jump in and put in anything that you think is important before I do. We might go a little over 15 minutes. Oh, for like, like you want me to go right now with yeah. news? Okay, I'll stick, with, I'll stick with the anime theme, I guess. Uh, so My Hero Academia uh, also released its movie, uh, Two Heroes, on Blu-ray. Uh, I think it was like a, like last week or a couple weeks ago. Uh, also, a sequel to Two Heroes uh, has been confirmed, um, and it's going to come out quarter one, 2020 in Japan. Uh, a Western release date has not yet been decided, so I guess we'll have to stay tuned on that. Um, and with that, I mean, that's, I'll just pass it back to you. So, okay. Yeah. Um, for the record, we have 17 seconds left. I'm going to stop the timer All right. just cause I know we're going to go a little over and I hope that's okay. All right. Um, so I hope this is the last time we'll have to cover something like this, but in today's world, I know it probably won't be probably not. <laughs> um, so I'll just get into it. Um, Chris Evans was talking to the Hollywood reporter and made some pretty bad comments in reference to Tom Brady, the football player, about several of his fans and Tom Brady himself. So everything I'm going to say here, starting quote now, I really hope he's not a Trump supporter. I just hope he's one of those guys that maybe supported him and now regrets it. Maybe he thought he was going to be different. And even that bothers me. But maybe there's a chance now that he thinks Trump's in the absolute dumb crap. I changed that word to be podcast family friendly. Um, when he, uh, which he is, if he doesn't, he's still on that Trump train. I might have to cut ties. It's really tough. End quote. Then the next quote, he said, um, start quote, you don't have to, or you don't want to alienate half of your audience, but I'd be disappointed in myself if I didn't speak up, especially for fear of some monetary repercussions or career damage. That just feels really gross to me. End quote. So those are all the quotes there. Um, my comments on it were, um, and I actually, I'm going to give my first comment and then my second comment, that after I thought about it, I had a second comment. So you can kind of see my initial thoughts and then my later thoughts. This is my initial thoughts. Well, Mr. Evans, if you feel that you need to cut ties with someone because of their values and political views, that's pretty low of you. If you want to cut ties with me, fine. I'll watch Endgame. But after that, I'm done with you as an actor. And I'm sure that there are many f- Americans that feel similarly. Um, we've talked about this before with actors voicing their own opinions on political matters. But to say you'll cut ties with people because you disagree with them half of your fans, that is bold, and in my opinion, a horrible idea. I thought about it some more, and then this was my statement on top of that. Um, I'd also like to add that I'm not offended or anything by this or the Brie Larson stuff. Um, I really don't get offended by public figures. I'll get offended like if Lesh says something mean to me or my girlfriend does. I'm, I'm offended by things that are with people that I'm close to, personal things. With public stuff, I'm not really offended by it. It's more of that I'm tired of being bashed by what people call the coastal elites and double standards. If someone would have said something of this type um, about Obama supporters three to 11 years ago, they would have been attacked like there was no tomorrow. Evans and Larson can say whatever they want. I myself am a free speech absolutist. I'm more of just tired of the double standard, the elitism, and the lack of understanding of, quote, middle America. And that was kind of my statement on it. I Lesh, Lesh, I know you had something to say about it, too. Yeah, I mean, originally... 
sorry, I think we no, both feel very similarly about it. More of just our execution of the information coming in outwards is different. Yeah, I, look, originally I had something to say. Um, I mean, I, I've kind of decided I just kind of want to stay out of it. Uh, I don't really like talk, talking about politics that much anyway. Um, I don't really think, and I don't think that this podcast is really the place for it. Uh, Chris Evans uh, has played, you know, my favorite superhero ever, played a huge part, in kind of, and Captain America has played a huge part in kind of shaping this past decade of my life. So I'm still a fan, but I do agree that his statements were iffy. Uh, but like I said, I don't really want to kind of get into the middle of it. Um, personally, I don't really care. I feel like a lot of Americans also don't really care about it. Um, I mean, like, just looking at Brie Larson's statements, like, Captain Marvel has destroyed the box office despite the statements she made. So I, I really don't think people care as much. Um, I, even, I, I have heard a lot less commotion with Chris Evans, even though I do think his statements were a lot more controversial than Larson's, but I mean, that's a topic for a different time. So, uh, that's just yeah. kind of all I had to say about it. So makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I think we both feel similarly, just have different output yeah. views on it. So mm-hmm. cool. Um, well with that, let's move on to the comic review. Cool. And sorry for going a little over the 15 minutes. I just figured I didn't want to start that and not finish it. I think that, I think that took 17 seconds. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. That was seven, you're right. That was seventeen <laughs> seconds. I can I can take that little snippet and speed it up so it's seventeen seconds long. You know, oh, actually, so something very funny that just reminded me of something. So I was Go I listened to a lot of other podcasts, right? And I accidentally like you know how there's like a button that you can like like double the speed of it. Yeah. So I accidentally doubled the speed when I was listening to one of my podcasts. But what was funny is I could have sworn in the podcast, he said, hey, we're doubling the speed to save time or something like that. Yeah. So then I, for, I, for a second, I thought that they were actually like increasing the speed of the podcast. And oh, then when I was, was on their end. Yeah, I thought it was on their end. And then the next day I was listening to another podcast and I'm like, why is it going so fast? And then I realized, <laughs> oh no, I was the one that doubled the speed of the podcast. <laughs> So That's just really a little, funny. just a little funny story there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to grab my copy of the comic. So I cool. can go ahead and tell you a little bit about it. We're reviewing Kingdom Come, written by Mark Wade and not drawn by, but painted by Alex Ross. Really cool comic. That's a yeah. Let me see. Is the year in here? I think 2006. I think. That sounds right. Maybe. Um. I thought I could have sworn it was, but. Oh wait! Originally published in 1996. Oh, 1990. That's it. <laughs> and then it was made into a trade paperback like this in 2008. Got it. See, I knew there was a six somewhere yeah. in there. <laughs> cool. So, um, initial thoughts on the comic. I liked it a lot, actually. I like the whole idea of like, um, I, I guess what like hero or justice versus like vigilanteism. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole. Yeah. I mean, so that was kind of the thing I really like. More the themes um of the story i really liked so that was kind of just my main takeaway yeah and i think it has a really good ending too yeah the ending yeah really um some unexpected stuff especially in the epilogue mm-hmm. so um what did you think of well why don't we tell them a little bit about this comic sure okay so, it, so. i mean well it's essentially like what like a civil war esque story yeah. right so it, this is different where than what we normally do for comics yeah too. um usually when reviewing a movie we like to watch a comic about the movie's main character mm-hmm. usually an yeah, origin right, comic yeah. or a comic that tells the same story like we did with aquaman mm-hmm. that the movie does 
Um, but this episode, we're reviewing an Elseworlds tale that features our main hero. Kingdom Come is a story about the future in the U- uh, DC universe. Most of the heroes have retired and were replaced by new, fresh faces. The only issue is that a lot of the new heroes care more about fame than they do mm-hmm. saving people. Superman may be our main character in this comic, but Captain Marvel slash Shazam plays a huge role in the story. That's kind of my um, description of it. You think that does it justice? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Cool. And I like that it kind of does, it starts off with, like, the the heroes that we kind of know, right? Yeah. They're just not around, which I thought was really cool. Um, and then they kind of obviously come in later, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's really cool to see, like, what they're doing at the time. Right, yeah. Like, how. Like, well, he's, like, um, a farmer or something, right? Yeah, like, Superman's, <laughs> like, a farmer, and then um, Aquaman is, like, full-time king of Atlantis, mm-hmm. no longer being Aquaman. Um the Flash is, like, so powerful that he exists in all time and space at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and then Batman's, like, has, like, a broken back, but, like, built robots to be on patrol in Gotham. That was very... I, I like the whole, like, Batman robot thing in yeah. the comic. That was pretty cool. Oh, and Green Lantern. That was crazy. Like, how he has, oh, like, Lantern, a, like yeah. a sentinel, like, up in yeah. space. And he's using his willpower to build this giant kingdom. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool to see, like, how powerful they are, too. So what did you think of um, the man we're talking about now, Captain Marvel, in this case? I thought his role was super cool. I thought his entrance was... I like the fight between him and Superman. Yeah, <laughs> it was really, was really awesome. Cool. Yeah, definitely, like... Yeah, that was really cool. And I like... Um, okay, so clear, clear, clear something up for me. Because, like, wh- when I was looking through it, right, I was kind of, like, half reading it, half kind of, like, skimming it. So, like, the whole part where, like, um, he, like, incapacitates Superman, right? Kind and of, like yeah. to catch the, the do the like what what was all that about again? Oh, sorry, I'm flipping through it right now to try and find the part you're talking about. That, that's I'm it's towards the end, it. right? Yeah. But like it's also talked about, like it it reminds you about Superman's um, vulnerability to magic when yeah. he picks up um, Wonder Woman's sword and cuts himself, mm-hmm. which kind of helps um, lend credence to the idea of him being able to be. Um, defeated by Captain Marvel, who yeah. uses magic. Um, what did you think of the idea of Lex Luthor and gang kind of brainwashing Billy? I thought I I I liked it. Yeah, it it feels like a something that Lex Luthor would do. So yeah, yeah. And I also like how it was like, yeah, you don't want to become a hero again because they're bad. You can't transform. Right. It's a bad idea to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but. Wouldn't you think that he would eventually go over that? And then you see that it's actually he's using Mr. Mind to control yeah, yeah. Billy's mind. And that was like a cool plot twist, I thought. Yeah. But then in the end, all ends up well. And Captain Marvel, sh- should we give away what happens to Captain Marvel at the end? I mean, I guess I, I guess I kind of spoiled things already, didn't I? Uh, or... It's up to you. <laughs> I'll just say there's a really cool fight at the end and Captain Marvel has some very heroic moments. Mm-hmm. And I think some of his most heroic moments in comics, it's a shame that it's in Elseworlds stories, but it's mm-hmm. still pretty cool. Um, and it's definitely worth your time reading this comic. If for anything, just the last like 30 pages. Mm-hmm. I think I'll leave it at that. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. Cause wow. I remember <laughs> wh- when I read this the first time and I saw that and I was like, Wow, that's impactful. Because his last thing, I'll just say like this, the last thing he does 
when holding the object mm -hmm. is transform mm -hmm. back into Billy. Yeah. So maybe that kind of gives away what happens. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. So let's talk a little yeah. bit now that we've kind of talked about the story and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, what did you think of the art style? To be honest, I actually wasn't as big of a fan of it. Um, I don't know. It just seemed very foggy to me, if that mm. makes sense. Um, I can again, and I guess that's just subjective. Yeah, I, I can see why people would like it, but it, personally, it just, it didn't do anything that much mm. for me. So I understand that. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I really, really like it, mm -hmm. but I would not be able to read a whole series like this. Yeah, it, for me, it's yeah, too distracting. yeah. I think I think that's yeah, that's a good point there. Yeah, yeah. I like it a lot. It works for it looks, this. Yeah, it looks very yeah. photorealistic mm -hmm. with the painting style. Yeah. And Alex Ross is an excellent painter. Mm -hmm. um, I have two comics by him. This one, Kingdom Come, and also a story called Justice, which also is painted by Alex Ross and it looks fantastic. And then he also did um, a couple Marvel things as well. He's gone back and forth, but he doesn't do a lot. So it's his stuff is really special because it is rare, mm -hmm. especially the way he paints metal looks so good like if you look at any metal objects they look like like photos of metal it's crazy mm -hmm. and like the way he draws like sweat and stuff he's really good at drawing reflect or painting reflections i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah so yeah definitely check out some stuff by alex ross you can google some of his paintings online and there's some really cool stuff i wonder if he's gonna be at megacon I don't know. That'd be kind of cool, but like probably original paintings be, are but... expensive. I was gonna buy some, but they're really expensive. Oh yeah, like how much? So you can like close to like a thousand. Dang! But like you can get like copies of his paintings, you know, like signed by uh, him for uh, like a couple hundred. <laughs> so gotcha. it's still pretty expensive, but I think Dead Man's role in this was pretty interesting too. I just flipped to a page. Oh yeah, I yeah, yeah. Forgot about his role, but yeah. And like then they're like talking like with all like the important people, like um, the wizard Shazam, um, mm -hmm. High Father. I think um, I forgot his name, but the the guardian of the universe, the one that's in charge from the mm -hmm. Green Lantern Corps, like all those people talking together was a really cool scene. And then I like how it's all told from the perspective of that one guy. What's his name? Oh, um, yeah, the, the guy, the, the guy in the hospital, right? Yeah, that used to be friends with Sandman right before Sandman died. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what it is. Norman. That's his name. Norman. Norman. But yeah, that was really cool how it was all told from his perspective. Mm-hmm. That was but a really cool comic, yeah. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. And I thought it was something a little different rather than doing mm -hmm. a typical modern Shazam comic or old yeah. Captain Marvel comic. I thought it'd be something a little yeah, different. Yeah, I like that we did this, yeah. Yeah, so... Well, with that, are you ready to move to the movie review? Let's do it. All right, cool. Let me call right. Sydney into the room. Okay. And she'll be joining us. Hello, everybody. This is Lush, your Marvelous Marvel guy, giving you my expectations of Shazam. I'm going to go in and watch the movie uh, in a few hours with my uncle. Uh, honestly, I'm not as big of a fan of the DCEU. I feel like I've just been burned by them a lot with their previous movies so i'm trying to keep my expectations somewhat tempered going into uh, shazam uh so i'm uh, i i don't know what to expect i feel like i'm just expecting to like it because my expectations aren't 
super high, so I, I feel like I'm not going to be disappointed, but they're not so low for me to be like, oh, that was the greatest film ever, you know? I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, let's go check it out. We'll see how it does, so... Yeah, I mean, that that's just kind of where I'm at with this. Uh, hopefully, I end up liking it. We'll see. Um, but yeah, those are my expectations on Shazam. Stay tuned for our review. All right, so I'm about to go in and see Shazam. Here are my expectations before seeing the film, and sorry about the recording quality. I actually forgot to record my expectations, and the movie starts in seven minutes. I am recording this on my phone right now. But as for my expectations for the film, when this film was announced, I was really excited for it because um, Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam, Billy Batson, is one of my favorite characters um, when it comes to heroes. But um, the more trailers that came out, the less excited I got for this film. I'm afraid I, I expect it to be a more lighthearted tone. I knew that going in from the name of the film and the aspect of, or the way the character is made, but uh, the, the nature of the character. But I'm afraid that it'll be a little overdone, a little too much, especially from what I'm seeing from the trailer. It seems a little too pop culture like with the Fortnite dances and stuff. So I have large concerns in that area. I hope it is good, but then again, I, I hope it's either really good or really bad, because if it's really bad, then they won't continue doing films like this. But if it's really good, it'll go against my expectations, which in this case is a good thing. Um, another thing is I wish that they had gone with... I'm still calling him Captain Marvel. I know that's kind of changed since 2011, but all the way up until 2011, he was still Captain Marvel. But anyway, um, I got to go in to see the movie soon, so I hope it's really good. But like I said, I don't know if it will be. We'll see. Anyway, I hope that there is some type of teaser or Easter egg of him being Captain Marvel or something like that with Captain or Marvel in it. I think that'd be pretty great, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm also a little worried about how they're going to introduce all the other children and hope that they don't pull away from Freddy and Billy because they should really be the focus. Uh, an homage to Uncle Dudley would be cool as well as Tawny the Tiger, but I have no idea how things will go until I see the movie, so let's get into the movie. All right, so we have Sydney joining us. Say hi, Sydney. Hi, Sydney. No, you'd say that. And we will be doing our Shazam movie review. Indeed. So... We all have our opening statements, yes? Indeed. I have something a little bit different from my opening statement. Whenever I go see a movie that I know is very popular, since I'm a teacher, I like to type up a um, spoiler-free review and post it on my wall in my classroom that I do. And then I always put a little QR code at the bottom for the podcast and tell people to go listen to the podcast. So if you're here because of that, thanks. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's the review I'll actually be reading. So I'm actually be doing a mini spoiler-free review for my opening statement because I felt like I covered some good stuff in that. Cool. So since mine's probably a little bit longer than a normal opening statement, I'll go last if you guys are okay with that. No, I'm not okay with it. Nope. <laughs> no, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> right. Les, you want to go first? Sure, yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> All right. This is my opening statement for Shazam, the 2019 movie that came out yesterday. But I saw it two weeks ago. Okay. I'm going to come right out and say it. I'm not that big of a fan of the DCEU. For me, everything they've done, with the exception of Wonder Woman, can be described in one word. Messy. Some of them are good. Some of them are okay. Some are just bad. But they're all a mess, usually when it comes to plot and tone. But sometimes, it's other factors. Shazam is very sweet, quite funny, and full of heart. With that said, it keeps the trend going. It's an absolute mess of a film, a sweet mess, but still a mess. In this case, it isn't the plot. The plot I thought was fine. It's the dialogue and the humor that's very hit or miss. 
Sometimes it's absolutely hilarious, but if it's, it, but if it isn't, it's either extremely corny and or cringeworthy. And that's a complaint I have with a lot of the DCU films. I believe Man of Steel and BVS weren't that great, but there was a vision. There was something building, and it was different enough tonally that it felt different than the MCU. Shazam, like Aquaman and Justice League, leads into the more humorous side of the DCEU, but they simply can't deliver it the right way that Marvel can. The problem with Shazam, though, is that it can't rely on anything else to help it. Aquaman had amazing effects and amazing cinematography. Justice League felt special since it was bringing all these iconic heroes together on the big screen for the first time. With Shazam, it has to rely on that humor as there's nothing else that really makes it stand out. It wasn't all bad, though. Asher, Asher Angel, Zachary Levi, and Jack Dylan Grazier signed together. The, the film wouldn't have worked without the amazing chemistry between Billy and Freddy, and their relationship steals the show. Their family is where most of my issues lie. The acting, their dialogue, the writing was just so bad, but as stated, it was cute. The problem I have is that it doesn't do anything amazingly well. Films like Alita have amazing visuals, some of the best I've seen to back it, despite not 100% delivering on other aspects. When it comes to heart, Shazam's biggest thing going for it, it's outpaced by How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, and Captain Marvel, both of which were amazing films that will be in my running for film of the year. I will say that Shazam has one of the DCU's best villains and Mark Strong as Savannah. You understood his motives, you felt bad for him at the start of the film, and he was just plain terrifying. However, the film's second half, where the story begins to unfold and a lot of the humor has dissipated, is clearly weaker than the first. While things start building up, it loses that humor that makes it special and just becomes an okay film with nothing really that special about it. The film is like when a little kid gives you a drawing. It's very sweet, but it doesn't make it good. Shazam is another messy installment in the DCEU. My final rating is a 6 out of 10. Sydney, you want to go next? I feel bad because mine's a lot shorter. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I didn't expect a whole lot from this film. I had hoped for something fun and easy to watch, but didn't think that there would be much of a substantial plot. However, I was proved wrong very early on. I w it was interesting the whole time, which can't be said for most DCEU films. Other than that, this film truly set itself far set itself apart from the other DCU films with its general lightheartedness and distinct emphasis on the importance of family. I gave it an 8.4. Alright, and mine. A little long, so sorry in advance. <laughs> My expectations going into this film were admittedly low. Although I am a big fan of the Captain Marvel character and his connections, Captain Marvel Jr., Mary Marvel, Tawny the Tiger, Uncle Dudley, etc., the trailers for this film turned me off to it. I was afraid it would be too pop culture and cringy. I am also still quite upset with the 2011 decision to refer to Captain Marvel as Shazam, as that is the wizard's name, not the champion's name. Um, I do think that they made the correct decision in the film, though. The champion never has an official name. The only place he is referred to as Shazam is the film's credits. And due to that fact, I'll be referring to him by his original name, Captain Marvel, throughout the rest of the film. I'll also be referring to him as that because that's what I've always referred to him as. And it just feels weird to call him anything else because that's what I grew up with. Um, my initial thoughts on the film are much better than I expected. The film was way better than I thought it would be. I seriously contemplated skipping the film, but I thought it'd be interesting since I am the... De or I thought... 
I had to see it because I am the DC guy of the podcast. I am very glad that I decided to see it, and if you are someone who was on the fence of seeing the film, I definitely recommend giving it a chance. With that said, the film did have some large flaws. The tone of the film seemed to go back and forth. Uh, as Lesh called it, I think that was a big messy part of it. I love the first few minutes of the film. Very dark and impactful. Helpful to see, uh, Helping to set the stage for Thaddeus Savannah Jr. And yes, you heard that correctly. Savannah Jr. Um, is the villain that we see, the Savannah we see. If you grew up reading old Captain Marvel comics, this is not the Savannah you are used to, but rather his son. The Savannah that became popular in the New 52 era. But he is not the main villain of the film. The Seven Deadly Sins are. Um, Savannah is more of a tool that I've noticed. Although the acting seemed to be pretty good, some of the characters were really annoying, especially Darla. I did not like her at all. There were some cringy moments throughout the film from the children, but nothing over the top. But I did actually cringe a few moments in the theater. And to me, that's too much. Um, there are two typical accepted versions of Captain Marvel. One is where Captain Marvel and Billy Batson are one and the same. The second, and the one I prefer, is that they are two different characters, and they just trade places upon the trigger phrase of Shazam. You've seen this version if you have watched um, Young Justice. It definitely felt as if the film took the route of the version I listed first. But then again, Billy felt more like an adult than Captain Marvel did, and that felt really weird to me. As for positives, I really like that the film was not all happy-go-lucky. It's act- It actually even had some good elements of horror, which is Sandberg's expertise, and mystery. The film also had some great Easter eggs, Tawny the Tiger and such. And Black Adam made no appearances, but I le- believe that he was referenced not by name, but rather as a previous champion who had made a bad choice. But there is another great old-school Captain Marvel villain who appears twice, briefly and discreetly, in the film, and once, overtly, in the mid-credits scene, alongside Savannah. This villain gives me hope for a more traditional sequel that follows a more of what I'd expect from Savannah. The Marvel family made an appearance, no surprise, this was spoiled months ago by toys, and they were kind of meh to me. Mary Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. look great. All the others looked good, but they are relatively new characters, and therefore I do not have a great frame of reference. Also, I'd like to say that Mary was portrayed as older than I'm used to seeing her, so that was kind of weird. I went in hoping that this film would either do really good and, or that it would bomb. If it was really good, they would make a sequel. If the movie was how I expected it to be and bombed, they would stop um, going with that style. I'm happy to say that this film was better than I expected, but it still felt a little short. It still fell a little short of other DCU DCEU films, although Shazam is way better than both Suicide Squad and Justice League, in my opinion. I will say that I do have hope that they will make a sequel, especially with the villain revealed in the mid-credits scene, as he is one of my favorite Captain Marvel villains. Um, on the review, I put B-, but over time, as I let it digest a little bit more, I kind of dropped it down to 7.8 out of 10, which is kind of where it sits for me now, and in comparison to other DCEU films, um, BVS, the theatrical cut, I gave an 8.5, but the ultimate cut that came out on Blu-ray and digital, I gave a 9.5 out of 10. In my opinion, the best superhero movie that I have seen so far. Man of Steel and Aquaman tied for a 9, with Man of Steel slightly above Aquaman. Wonder Woman, I gave an 8.5. Shazam sits at the 7.8. Suicide Squad at 7. Justice League at 6. And those are my ratings for the DCEU films and my initial thoughts on Shazam. Again, sorry for the length of that opening statement. Cool. 
<laughs> so we're done. All right, time to go. <laughs> All right. Well, right, since none of our um, opening statements actually spoiled any of the film, I'll put in the spoiler warning now. Warning, warning, spoilers incoming. All right, and we're back. So if you haven't seen the film, you're ready for spoilers. If you're not ready for spoilers, why are you still here? (laughs) Maybe they want to get it spoiled for them. Maybe. So let's jump into it. All right. Starting with negatives? Yeah, let's start with that. I know there are quite a few. Uh, Yeah, personally, I did not like uh, the family. Um, Just for me, the act I covered in my review, I think the acting was just, it was really corny for me. Like, I just didn't buy, like, any of it. As cute as it was, uh, I, I, yeah, it just didn't do anything for me, so. And I speak. with you there. And for me, it was, it was the kids, but also I feel like um, the adults also. It was just, just, to me, it was just too iffy for me. Yeah. So. I feel like the foster parents, I would have liked them as people, but Mm -hmm. I did not like them in the film. Yeah. Like, if I met them, I'd be like, wow, I want to be your guys' friends. But like, right. I didn't like them as people in the film. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we all agree, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Mary, Freddie, and Billy were the best. Everybody else yeah. was kind of... Yeah I, yeah, I agree, yeah. And these were also... And I think there's reason for that, because those are the three characters who have been around since Captain Marvel's beginning in comics. Mm-hmm. So they had so much to pull from, where the rest of the Marvel family wasn't really introduced yeah, until it, 2011. So they're very... Yeah, it didn't. It, it felt like they just didn't know what to do with them at at points, like in the film, like they just weren't really given as much to do. Um, so I mean, yeah, that's just. I do think that yeah, Fre- Freddie, Billy, and Mary were the three that I, I I think were like kind of the exception. Um, I really liked those three characters. So yeah, and the chemistry between. Well, we're jumping kind of into positive, but what I'll come back to that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I personally liked the family because I really liked seeing uh, a dysfunctional or a non-traditional but still functional family. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like you don't get to see that a lot in movies, which was really cool. There's definitely, I think, like a a sweetness to it that I think like kids would enjoy. Um, but I think, you know, as someone that's like, you know, we've watched like tons of movies now. It's just like, to me, it just didn't do anything, you know. But I do think that there's like a, an audience that would find it enjoyable. Um, yeah. But it just for me, didn't it just didn't work for me. But yeah. And uh, building off of that to a new mm-hmm. negative, um, kind of your thoughts of messiness and my mm-hmm. ideas of um, tone being back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. an issue, too, because there are yeah. definitely some tonal parts of this movie that were not good for children mm-hmm. and then parts that right. felt like it was made for children and like one start. of those yeah yeah like the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. was fantastic i, I love the beginning yeah but i don't think that would be good for children right but then there were parts that felt like they were catered towards children mm-hmm. and it's like so pick one i'd be fine yeah. with either one just pick one right it felt like they were like eh, people are gonna bring like eight-year-olds to this anyway so why not you know 
Well, yeah, well, I mean, kind of tying back to the whole, like, you know, like, the whole children thing, like, it, it, it's funny that my my aunt, uh, she asked, like, oh, hey, like, should, should I go watch Shazam, you know, and, and my uncle, he, he enjoyed it a lot, but, um, like, I told, I was kind of like, oh, you know, like, I, I liked it, I mean, I've seen better movies, but um, because, like, she has, um, like, my cousins are, like, 12 and 10, and I'm like, oh, they would love this movie, you know, so it's like, I personally didn't like it, but they would love it a lot. You know, it's just I think yeah. different, different de demographics would enjoy it. I think, but I do agree that like tone wise, I think it kind of went back and forth a, a bit too much. I really loved the intro, and so I, I think the intro is what like really hooked me, and then like the rest of the movie, I kind of was just up and down. You know, so yeah, like I love. Sorry. Uh, yeah, okay. right, that's fine. Well, I was just gonna say I love like Savannah as a villain. Um, that's more of like a pot. We'll get to that later. But like, I think a lot of his like stuff worked in the movie. Uh, where I feel like a lot of the stuff with like like the more humor side of it just it didn't work. But yeah, I was gonna say if we're, we're all talking about the beginning of the film, and mm -hmm. I was gonna say if they do end up making a Black Adam film, mm -hmm. and it's tonally like the beginning of this film, I oh, think it'll be fantastic. it'd be awesome. It'd be so good. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other negatives that I think those are kind of like the big ones that I had, but and it doesn't sound like a lot with a we just listed what two negatives, yeah, but they were very distracting, and yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another big negative for me too is I talked about the idea of how sometimes Billy and Captain Marvel are one in the same, as in like they share memories mm -hmm. and they share a conscience and stuff. Mm -hmm. So Captain Marvel is very childlike, like Billy having Billy's mm -hmm. personality. And then there's also the version of them having distinct personalities and being two different characters mm -hmm. where they just trade places with the trigger word. But it felt like they were more kind of the same person here as mm -hmm. Freddy did call Cap Billy. And he didn't mm -hmm. say, well, that's not my name. I'm not Billy. Billy's the other kid, which mm -hmm. is what would have happened in that version. Mm -hmm. But I also thought it was really weird of how Billy seemed kind of pushed away from all the pop culture -y stuff mm -hmm. and all the stuff that I would call cringeworthy mm -hmm. and kind of wanted to stay away from the family and kind of was very adult-like in himself. Mm -hmm. But Cap was very much like Freddy and right. very much like childlike, which was very, it was weird. It felt like it was what I wanted, but opposite. That, like that's actually different characters but opposite of what they should be yeah when you were mentioning that like in your review that's actually a great point that i think i didn't uh like i didn't catch up on um yeah like billy acts a lot like more mature when he is like in his kid form than yeah. when he's like which i thought was which i thought was weird. i didn't catch it until now but like just thinking back on it it was kind of like oh yeah that is a bit like weird how they did that but yeah i think they should have either gone the route of Cap acts like an adult, and mm -hmm. Billy acts like a kid, or they both act like a kid. Right. Either have the same personality, or different personalities, except the adult acts like an adult, and a kid acts like a kid. Mm -hmm. The only part I'm struggling on is, uh, is Cap being, you know, too childlike, because I feel like for Billy's situation, and where he has been in mm -hmm. life, his character makes a whole lot of sense. It just doesn't translate well when you put it in the context of the film, you know? Right. Yeah, I agree. Like what you're saying, it makes sense for Billy to be the way he is, but then Cap should be like Billy. I Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you also don't want, like, another, like, Batman. Like, you know, everything's gloomy all the time. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, but I expect him to be more like Superman. Like I'm a beacon of hope and I'm, I'm happy. And you know, I am providing hope for children and I am a warrior of justice. I'm a champ. I'm the earth's champion, but you could still be serious. For me, I think it's more like, uh, like just some of the humor just didn't work. I think that was my main issue. Like, like, I feel like it's it was very and I guess that's more subjective, right? But like I feel like um like humor wise, it was either like hilarious or it just wasn't delivered properly, right? I think that was kind of the big issue for me. Um, like I think with humor, like if you have to kind of if you want to make it work, I feel like you have if you don't make it work, then I think that's where the issue is, right? Um, so I think that's kind of just my point of view. You know, I rather have I rather just just like ditch the humor and just make it good. Instead of like, hey, let's put humor in this, and then it just it just falls flat half the time, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of my saying. big issue with it. But don't try and be funny; just let funny things happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I definitely remember there being jokes that I that I think fell flat or were mm-hmm. cringy. Yeah. But I can't re- I cannot remember one good joke from mm-hmm. the film. Now there might have been one or two in there, but they weren't memorable enough for me to remember them at all. Mm-hmm. I think some of the jokes functioned really well in, like, trying to make the scene awkward. Like, the, mm-hmm. um, when Billy first met Freddy, Freddy's whole, like, oh, it gets real Game of Thrones around here. Like, it kind of set a tone, like, uh, Freddy's not the most, like, socially uh, aware person. He's not, like, mm-hmm. uh, it built his character. It just made the scene cringy, which I feel like was a good thing you know well to me it felt like it made the scene cringy and i wanted to leave the theater yeah <laughs> like i didn't i didn't like it and maybe that's what they were going for but it, i don't know why they would <laughs> mm-hmm. it um, kind of I... sorry go ahead no good i was about to move on but if you have something else oh no no, no no it's okay it's okay okay i was gonna say i think that's all the negatives we have mm-hmm. you want to move on to kind of neutrals sure I don't really have anything that stands out, really, but. Something that's kind of like, uh, it's more neutral, but kind of towards the negative side is in like two years, most of the jokes in this movie are going to be like outdated. I agree. Like no one's going (laughs) to laugh at, you know, Captain Marvel flossing, you know, it's just going to be like, oof. That was very 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. There, there's some stuff that doesn't age well, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid that this film won't age well. And I feel like it could have aged really well if they left that stuff out. Because there are a lot of good moments in this film, but there were just so many bad ones, too. Mm-hmm. I think I found more of the um, humor to be him like learning how his powers work than the actual jokes themselves. Situational um, humor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I, I like the part, like, like when he first, like, like when he does the super speed thing, I thought like that whole thing was cool, you know, and then when he's trying to fly and everything like that. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, a lot of the humor I think won't age well, like in a few years. Um, so yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And I, before we move on to the neutrals, I think the last like thing I want to say about negatives is this film was a lot better than I was expecting it to be based off of the trailers. Mm-hmm. But if I had never watched a trailer, I feel like I'd be a lot more disappointed in the film. Does that make sense? Actually, yeah. that's, that's a, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So based on the trailers, I'm 
not disappointed, but based on expectations for a film minus trailers, I am disappointed. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to neutrals. Why don't you start us off, Lush? For me, the neutrals, I think, were the... Uh... The big fight at the end with the family, to me, like, just, it just didn't, I mean, like, it was cool, but, like, it, it didn't work, like, kind of all the way, I think. Um, I don't know, it just, it just felt, like, kind of random to me, so. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I feel like saving, like, they should have just kept Mar- um, Mary and Freddie mm-hmm. in the loop. Yeah. And left everybody else out. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, at the end of the film, they find out that it is Billy. Yeah. That is Cap. And then they introduced the Marvel family in a second film or something. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it, it felt like it was just kind of put in there in yeah. order to give all the other kids a role. Right. Yeah, because it, it kind of told, ties back to the whole thing. Like, I feel like, um, like as characters, uh, Freddie and, and Mary were really developed, right? So it, it would have been, it was cool, like, to see them, like, as superheroes. But then the rest of the family is kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get, like, who are you again? <laughs> yeah, I agree but, with you. But, yeah. Well, I I think we all know they did it just so they could sell like more merch yeah. for the other characters. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Because uh-huh. there's always going to be somebody that's like the only character I cared about was Darla, and I just want a Darla Pop Funko, and I need it right now. If I don't know who dark, that people is, who that who the, that group is, but <laughs> <laughs> if they wanted to go dark, they should have made it so Darla died. Ooh. Like, no. imagine this, you know, like, when no. um, Cap, like, throws the bus by accident or hits the bus with lightning, and it's gonna fall, and then, like, imagine, like, Darla is standing there, and he has to decide, am I gonna save the people on the bus, or save Darla? The funny thing is and that he probably would the bus on Darla. That probably would have traumatized me for life if they had done that, to be honest really? with you. Probably. I would have <laughs> loved that. That would have been awesome. I would have hated that, because the reason i like this better than most of the dcu films is because they didn't make it unnecessarily dark most of yeah. the time well it's never unnecessarily dark it's usually a deeper meaning behind it yeah but that i don't really think would have any deeper meaning behind it. Well, the whole the whole life lifelong question of if you save a group of people or one person if you can only save one which is more ethical to save let the train hit the one person or let the train hit the four people or move the track so it hits one person does he that was a bus full of people or his adopted sister? This isn't interesting philosophy. Like, I feel like that's a that's very the- random theme for this movie, though, because like they didn't really explore anything like that, you know. And I think that's one of my issues with it. You're saying yeah. it's not intro to philosophy. I want that out of like every movie I see. That's why I see the movies I, I like to see. That's why I enjoy BVS so much is because mm-hmm. the whole thing is a philosophical journey. That's why I like movies like Shutter Island. The whole thing is a philosophical journey. Why I liked Man of Steel. The whole thing is a philosophical journey. Why I've... I liked Aquaman, but not as much because there were some philosophical ideas within it. But that wasn't the main focus. I feel like you have to go kind of all in if you do something like that, though. Like I think if you just have like a movie and then you have like a five or like three minute thing that's philosophical like i don't really think there's any deeper meaning there you know um i i agree you know? I, that i think that's kind of what i'm saying is i'd yeah. like more things like not that mm-hmm. specifically in the movie but more things like that yeah and the films i see yeah and this yeah this didn't really have anything like that so this was a, yeah. a film that was very much like you can sit there brain dead and enjoy it where i like films where you have to think and then you have to think mm-hmm. some more after you've seen it and then go see it a second time and then you start to understand it mm-hmm. a popcorn fleck that's what they call films like this um so any neutral... other oh sorry. yeah sorry uh, <laughs> another neutral i have is the whole idea with him not having a name 
Um, he was called Captain Sparklefingers. He was called like, oh yeah, Mister yeah, Thunder point. or something like that. He never had a name. He was never called Shazam. The Shazam was, was the weird. wizard's name. He was referred to as the champion several times, which is a correct title for him. He is the champion, just as um, Black Adam was one time <laughs> the champion. Um, he ne- was never given a name. The only time he's referred to as Shazam is in the end credits. It says Shazam Zachary Levi. So he was really never given a name. So I feel like they did that only to be able to please the people who mm. want him to be called Shazam and to please the people who want him to be called Captain Marvel because they both kind of got what they wanted and mm-hmm. him not being called the other thing. I mean, honestly, I you should have just given him something, you know, like whether I think, you know, like you're going to have to you can't please everybody. Right. So, I mean, I would have just called him Shazam, to be honest with you. But I think it. I think it would have been like the worst thing ever if they had gone with Captain Marvel because of Marvel's Captain Marvel right now. Well, I mean, they can't, right? So well, they can. They just can't use um him. Like according to the lawsuit, mm-hmm. uh, now this refers to comics. I don't know if it refers to movies, but in right. comics, he um can't be in the title of the comic, so the movie can't be called Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm aware, he could still be the character can still be called Captain Marvel. Got it. So. And also, I'm just an originalist when it comes to everything, and I want you to stick with the original names of characters and the original looks of characters. So, I do that's think my it, reasoning for it. I do think it would have been would have been weird to refer to him as Captain Marvel, but then have him say Shazam, like that be his, you know, his signature line. Like to me, that just to me is weird. But well, originally yeah. it was because he had to call out the wizard's name right. in order to gain the powers from the wizard. Right, and then he was turned into a champion that was called Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. because he was the marvelous Captain Marvel, Earth's Mightiest Mortal. Mm-hmm. I think it was just to have the alliteration with the M's, Earth's Mightiest mm-hmm. Mortal, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you had, which was also weird, because then it, it used to be that um, Billy Batson would yell Shazam and turn into Captain Marvel. Mary would yell Shazam and turn into Mary Marvel. And then, um, uh, what's his name? Freddy would yell out, Freddie Freeman would yell out Captain Marvel and turn into Captain Marvel Jr. That's what it was originally. Because essentially, both Mary and Billy would get their powers from the wizard, and Freddie would get his powers from Captain Marvel. I find that so confusing. <laughs> That's what it was originally, so. <laughs> I like the idea of them sticking with original ideas. Yeah. But, like I said, they kind of went halfway with it, mm-hmm. and I guess it kind of half pleases everybody, because... <laughs> It never really stuck to anything that would upset anybody mm-hmm. by him not having a name. And then we'll have to yeah. see what he does in the sequel. Any other neutrals? Um, I think the... We can do spoilers now, right? Oh, yeah. What spoiler warning are you? Dude, I, I, I wish, man, that was Henry Cavill at the end. Oh, um, yeah. that, that's like... like It would have been so cool if that was him. I mean, it was cool to see Superman, but... Um, like, man, I wish, I wish we got a face and that was, that would have made me so happy. Yeah. And that was him, but. At least it was the correct suit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Imagine being Henry Cavill and getting this fat check for just like walking on screen. Oh at man. The end of a movie. <laughs> that's the dream. That's, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Um, speaking of end of film and sequels, as we were just talking about for mm-hmm. a positive, um, I really liked Mr. Mind and his kind of appearance there. Mm-hmm. How I really I noticed him the first time he came on screen when Savannah went to the um the Rock of Eternity when mm-hmm. you saw him in the jar and I was like, "Oh, that's cool. It's Mr. Mind." 
And then he was only there for like three seconds. And I was like, oh, it was just an <laughs> Easter egg. We're not going to get anything out of it. It's just like he's there, you know, but it's just fan service is what I thought. Mm. But then um, he appeared a second time. We just saw the jar, but broken with the leaf in it. And Mr. Mind was gone. Mm. And I was like, OK, they're doing something with this. And then in the mid credit scene, we saw um, Mr. Mind go and visit savannah in the prison cell and i was like okay now we're getting to traditional captain marvel territory the -hmm. next film is gonna be all about like the old school comics where mr mind is gonna be working with savannah and they're gonna be doing all this crazy scientist stuff and it's gonna be really cool so Mm -hmm. we'll see if that's what they actually do in a sequel um if anything i hope that this film does well just because i want to see mr mind taken into um like doing all this crazy stuff Mm -hmm. on the big screen that's the only reason i want to sequels i want to see stuff (laughs) in mr mind yeah because he's one of my favorite Captain Marvel villains. Did you so, guys have any thoughts on Mr. Mind? Is that something that you noticed or maybe... Nah, I mean, I'm not too familiar with uh, Captain Marvel, so... That's fair. So, yeah, I had no idea. Or this Captain Marvel, I should say, but... Um, are we moving on to positives now, or are we still doing... Um, I think we'll count that as our first positive. Okay, yeah, I really liked uh, Savannah. Um... I thought he, like, we mentioned before the first scene, but, like, they did such a great job, uh, kind of setting him up that, yeah, he's one of my, he's one of my favorite DCU villains right now. I thought, I thought every scene with him was great. I thought he was a show stealer for sure. Um, he, he, I thought he had great development. I thought he was, he was a terrifying dude. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he was awesome. Um, I wish they kind of stuck with that tone throughout the whole film, but. Yeah. Um, or at least kind of, like, fit it better, like, to that character. Um, but yeah, that, that that that's and then I loved the uh, the sins of of course too. I thought they were really cool. I thought the CGI on them was yeah, was really great. well done. Yeah, really good horror aspects brought into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I'm so excited because it seems like that they're finally learning how to write like interesting villains. Like mm-hmm. Lex Luthor has been fine, uh, but like in contrast to like Jared Leto's Joker, who's just like evil for the fun of it type thing. You actually have like a a solid backstory mm-hmm. for Savannah. You actually have like almost a sense like I want to root for you because I mm-hmm. want you to get like what you I want you to resolve these issues, but also like maybe try therapy first. You felt bad for him, honestly. Like yeah. that that's why that's why I think was like a huge like plus for me is that you actually like cared about that character, you know? So yeah and at the beginning i was a little confused as to how everything was going i was like this is not the savannah i'm really used to but then mm-hmm. i realized he was savannah jr mm-hmm. and then going back and rereading some of the comics where savannah jr is used um i saw that he was kind of really on point for that mm-hmm. and it makes me wonder like if anything will actually be done with savannah senior because we never actually saw if he died or not or if he was just like mangled half the death or anything oh yeah yeah but he was kind of mauled but did he die yeah. So maybe Savannah Senior Senior will make an appearance somehow mm-hmm. and like blame it all on maybe the Wizard Shazam and then in turn Captain Marvel and something will happen there. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, to me it felt almost like Savannah Junior was more of a tool for the Seven Deadly Sins, mm-hmm. which Cap did point out at the end. Mm-hmm. But what I really liked about his development throughout the film is it felt very similar to the arc that Lex Luthor had in BVS. Where at the beginning, he didn't feel like Lex Luthor. But at the end, he was 100% solidly Lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. To me, at the beginning, Savannah didn't feel very much like Savannah. But by the end, he was 100% Savannah Jr. And I think that really helps set him up for a sequel to really have a big punch-in-the-face premiere of Mm -hmm. 
he is fully developed now, and now he's going through with everything he wants to do. Yeah. With the help of Mr. Mind. I know, like, next to nothing about Captain Marvel uh, lore, if you will, so forgive me if any of this, like, contradicts what's been written in the comics, but I think it'd be really cool if, like, you know, he was a tool in this film, he could be used as a tool, like, for Mr. Mind in the next film, but, like, if they want to continue and do, like, a three-movie arc like Marvel has done, then they could have it be him breaking into being his own villain and being uh, independent from all these other forces. I feel like that could be really cool if it's well done. If it's well done. <laughs> that could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. My thoughts were similar, but I kind of expected him to, um, in the next film, you know, be working with Mr. Mind and have stuff going on there mm-hmm. and um, kind of break off on his own during that as well. Maybe break off from Mr. Mind. But then in the third film, be the place you introduce Black Adam. That was kind of my ideas for the future of the film. Yeah, I think Black Adam has to come in at some point if they're going to do like a three movie yeah. thing. So I, I think it'd be a mistake not to use him for something. So I think but. the only way that they can not use him in a trilogy and make mm-hmm. it work is to have... um like Sydney said, describe the trilogy like that, where it's mm-hmm. just with mainly Savannah and then Mr. Mind and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. But then um, have a Black Adam movie. And then after this trilogy is over, have a Shazam versus Black Adam, I guess is what they would call it. Mm-hmm. Now is that is that Black Adam movie like is that a prequel or something or like what's going it's on ex- with that? Um, we're not really sure. Apparently, there have has been a script given to um Dwayne Johnson, where he's kind of looked over a little bit, and apparently Hawkman and a few other characters make cameos in it. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking since Hawkman does make a cameo in it, I'm guessing it does play, take place in Kandok, which is in the Middle East, yeah. since Hawkman is mainly in um, Egypt. And uh, no, you can't find Kandok on a map. It's a fictional country. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I'm guessing that it would be essentially kind of like when he became the I think it'd be really cool if it was when he became the champion and then mm-hmm. the story of how he screwed up and lost That'd be the cool. ability to be the champion. And maybe like he gains it back in the end somehow and uses it for evil. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited just because I love The Rock. So <laughs> my mom likes The Rock, too. So who doesn't? Well, does anybody have anything else to say about the film? Positive, Positive Um, I'm trying to think. Ooh, I have one. I really liked the juxtaposition uh, between the two different families. Like, uh, the Savannah family was very uh, abusive, very, you know, mm, not yeah. what you want a family to be. And then you get the I don't know what the what you would call, but Freddie's new family family was so supportive, and mm-hmm. even though they were weird, they were always kind to each other, mm-hmm. and you know wanted to look out for each other. So it was a really cool like thematic theme, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thematic theme, <laughs> thematic thing. Yeah, and I agree with that. It was, it was kind of interesting too to see Billy grow to accept the family. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as we talk poorly about the members of the family Mm -hmm. i think the idea of the family worked well yeah and um especially like the whole idea of like how they always did the all hands on deck before the family prayer Mm -hmm. 
before their meals, and then he did the all hands on deck when he had the staff. Mm-hmm. That was a. Uh, yeah. I, I have my issues with the family. I have my issues with the whole family becoming heroes. But that um that callback was very good. Yeah. The the chemistry between the family, I think, was fine. The family itself was the issue, I thought. But I think, yeah, the chemistry between them worked really well, you know? Yeah, so the like, family it's just, as a unit was good, but the yeah. family as individuals was not. Right, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, I also think one of the cool things about this is we are pretty deep into the DCEU now. Mm-hmm. And although there were some films that had issues and such it still built a universe and it very much felt like this film was in that universe. And it made sense. This is the way that kids would act for um, responding to these types of heroes being around and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it it felt like it was a lived in universe. Like Mm -hmm. the universe felt like it was established. The whole idea of the Superman bullet, the Batarang, the Aquaman shirt that he was wearing, Mm -hmm. the, um, all the callbacks to other heroes and such. It felt like justice league does exist in this universe. Mm -hmm. Well, like, you saw it everywhere. Like, the schools had be like, be a hero, stop bullying. And, like, like those posters all over the hallways, the I'm a foster mom, what's your superpower bumper stickers. Those just mm-hmm. little details made it feel so real. Yeah, and it was like, those things are things that seem cheesy, but, like, that would actually happen because mm-hmm. people are cheesy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I would, yeah. if superheroes existed in our universe, I would totally expect those things to be around. I'd be the one, like... Wearing all the shirts and stuff, man. Yeah, you'd be Freddy. I'd be, yeah, I would be. Except you I mean, I kind legs. of, I feel like I already am in a way, but, <laughs> but yeah. And you totally would be the person to want superpowers and then end up with a, um, a best friend who gets superpowers and you don't. Yep. That's exactly what would happen. <laughs> Just would he be nice enough to share them with you like Billy did? Well, if, he, if he's my best friend, then probably, you know. All on deck, except you, Lesh. <laughs> <laughs> then we wouldn't be best friends anymore if that was the case. <laughs> All right, well, I don't really have anything else to say about the film that I can think of right now. Mm-hmm. I should have made a list of things, but then again, I saw the film two days ago, so I, I'm still digesting it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to just kind of go over our ratings again? And of course, all of our ratings are subject to change with time. That's what happens mm-hmm. when you digest a film. Yeah. So yeah, I, I gave it a 6 out of 10. I gave it an 8.4. I did a 7.8. And cool. um, what was the highest comic book rating that you've ever given? To oh. A comic book movie that you can think of goodness. off the top of your head. Uh, you don't need to say the film, just the number. So people can get a comparison. Give the highest uh, number you've oh, given shoot. and the lowest you've given. The lowest I've ever given? Just the number. Oh, man. I can just do like ballpark, right? Because yeah. I don't have exact, probably, like, highest probably would be, like, a 9.5-ish around there. Lowest, probably, like, a 3 or something. That's funny, because my highest was a 9.5, and my lowest was a 3. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's, yeah, I mean, I was just ballparking it, but it's around there. <laughs> that's the exact same for me. Uh, yeah, so, so, now, um, that kind of gives everybody a frame of reference as to where our scores fall within that. We've never given a, any of us have never given a movie a 10 and we've never given a movie a zero or even a one or a two. And that shows where the 8.4, the 7.8 and the six lie within that scale. I wanted to give so many movies zeros. <laughs> actually, no, I take that back. I think there actually is something I would give a 10 now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. But lowest is still three. Yeah. My lowest was a three. My highest was 9.5. Yeah. I want to know what the 10 is. 
Well, if you know my my top, well, I, I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> I feel well, like I can guess. Well, my, that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> <laughs> Even my favorite films um, have flaws, so that's why I said it a nine point five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I think that kind of closes out our review of the film Shazam. Cool. Um, what would be your recommendation to anybody who's um wants to see it let's say recommendation to someone who likes comic book movies someone who is a comic fan but not necessarily just movies and someone who is just a general movie goer um so wait so what are the first two again someone that likes comic book oh, movies here. i'll start so you can get oh, that okay idea. okay so someone who likes comic book movies that but doesn't read the comics i'd say go see this movie somebody who um reads comics but doesn't really or, like, is really deep into comics, both movies and comics and TV shows and video games, all that type of stuff. Just a huge comic nerd. Definitely go see the movie. They probably have seen it already. Mm-hmm. General moviegoer, I'd say see it if you have the time and the money. But don't go out of your way to see it. Okay, so I, I guess I'll go. Um, for, like, if you're, like, yeah, if you're, like, really into comics, right, like, everything, like, the movies and everything, then, yeah, I would say you should go see Shazam. Um, if you... If you like the movies but not the comics, I would yeah. For me, I would say like if you have time, yeah, go see it. If you're a general moviegoer, my my thing is that like I always compare this to my parents. Like, would my parents like it? Because I feel like they're the general, they're pretty general. I think. Um, I I honestly don't think they would like it as much. So I I probably would say no. That's fair. I agree. Uh, definitely see it if you like superhero movies. I would say definitely see it if you are really into comics and i feel like it really depends on the person if uh if you're just a general moviegoer if you have kids take them to see it they're Mm -hmm. gonna love it they're gonna have a great time but like if you're like 15 years old and you can't care about anything then you're just gonna sit there and have a bad time cool yeah. All right. All right. So, Sydney, thank you for joining us for our review. Thank I'm sure we'll be on in the future for more reviews, as you've been on in the past for many <laughs> reviews as well. Um, with that, Lesh, are you ready to move on to our game slash activity? Because I'm sure not. Uh, yeah, actually, I do have. Uh, I do have it. So I guess I can go first. Okay. Well, I'm thinking of something because right now I have a blank piece of paper in front of me. All right. So I'll let you, or should I try and explain it? I feel like you'd be better at explaining it. Okay, the only so thing, but... if you've seen the film, you know this, and mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the film, you probably didn't make it past the spoiler warning. But anyway, um, Billy Batson yells out the name of the, or shouts out the name of the wizard Shazam, Shazam to turn into Captain Marvel, gaining a certain power set, the power set of Shazam. S is for Solomon, the wisdom of Solomon. H is the strength of Hercules. The first A is the um, courage of Achilles. The Z is the power of Zeus, and the second A is the stamina of Atlas, and then finally M, the speed of Mercury. So it's an acronym, which is when you take several words and the first letter of them all all create a separate word. So we decided we're going to make some acronym heroes, where you have to create a hero's um, phrase that they would shout and turn into a character. 
where they would have a certain power set, but you have to create the acronym and all of the powers that are associated with each letter of the acronym. So far, I have nothing. Apparently, Lesh has it. So he's going to go first. <laughs> I do. Okay, so should I say what the word is first? or? Yeah, go ahead with the word first. Okay, so my word is, there's no surprise here, it's crow. <laughs> Great. So, all right, so I have first, I have, well, so the, the crow, right? I mean, like, what is, obviously, the crow needs to fly, right? So I put here... Uh, shout out to my new favorite uh, female superhero. I have here the flight of Captain Marvel. In this case, that's Carol Danvers. So flight of uh, Carol Danvers is, I guess, the first one. Uh, and then, I mean, flying is really, I mean, that's cool and all, but right. But I feel like the crow is also very mischievous. So I have the mischievousness of Rocket Raccoon. Um, I feel like he has to be pretty smart. So I have the intelligence of Otto Octavius. And then weapons, I just want him to be, like, totally loaded on weapons. So I have the weapons of War Machine. Boom. Pretty good, right? Cool. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm still coming up with mine. Oh, so yeah? I'm going to be a big moment of silence, and I'm going to cut out, and then I don't know where I'll start talking again with my idea. Should I just start telling jokes in the meantime? Sure. I'm going to cut them all out, but sure. Oh, okay. Then never mind. All right, and I'm back. Wow, that was fast, right? I only had to cut out, like, seven minutes of stuff. So, my <laughs> character's word is Lashjack. What the heck? L A S H J A K. Lashjack. That's what he yells. So, he has the mind of Lex Luthor, the voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, gosh. The strength of Superman, the flight of a hawk, the telepathy of John Jones or Martian Manhunter. The tough skin of Arthur Curry, or Aquaman, and the power of Kakarot, or Goku. Nice. <laughs> Last Jack. Flash. And he will, when he yells out Last Jack, he turns into the champion by the name of Captain Arnold. Oh, okay, hold on a second. Hold, hold this, hold, hold on. I didn't realize, so... Our can we like decide what they turn into when they say the thing? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna make this non-canon because the crow obviously is more similar to Batman. But I'm gonna have it be like when you say the word crow, you turn into an actual crow. But like you know, okay. well, not like a big one, like just a regular like little crow. So, with all of those powers. With all the powers, yeah. So yeah, let, let me let me let me redo mine in case people forgot. So. A little crow is going to have the uh, flight of Captain Marvel slash Carol Danvers, uh, the mischievousness of Rocket Raccoon, the intelligence of Otto Octavius, and the weapons of War Machine. <laughs> that last one. <laughs> All of it makes sense until the W. I know. <laughs> That's awesome. I wouldn't want to mess with that bird. And um, Captain sure. Arnold looks just like Arnold Schwarzenegger from the Predator movie. I guess I should call him Captain Crow. He goes by the name The Governor because the Governor. when he was the governor of California, that's what he was called. <laughs> the Governor. So, again, the mind of Lex Luthor, the voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger, the strength of Superman, the flight of a hawk, the telepathy of John Jones, the tough skin of Arthur Curry, and the power of Kakarot. He yells out, Last Jack, and he turns into the Governator. Oh, man. We should make this, like, canon or something. No. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I can, I can see my character fitting into the MCU. 
honestly. Actually, I can see my character well, fitting no. in with like All Star Section Eight. Yeah, my 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 little bird would. Uh, yeah, he'd fit in with All Star Section Eight. Yeah. I think. <laughs> All right, so let's sure. go ahead and close things out. All right. Um, you can check us out on Facebook, BitChute, and YouTube. Remember, Facebook is where we update you on little bits of news, stay in contact with you, and then YouTube and BitChute are where you're going to find um, supplementary videos to the content we're talking about, especially video games. Mm-hmm. You can catch us on Twitter. I'm at Joshua Comics. I'm at Leshesmore. Lesh is spelled L-E-S-C. Cool, cool. And then please make sure to review us on your podcatcher of choice. It really mm-hmm. helps. And speaking of reviews... We have an announcement to make about a contest. We will be giving away some free comics. The winner will receive one relevant comic and one wacky comic. What I mean by that is Lesh has some extra comics that are pretty cool that he's going to give away. Should I read them out what they are? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All right. So I have uh, two Iron Man comics here um, and then uh, a Venom comic that we it's the one that we actually reviewed in the first episode, which is kind of cool. It's the one that based on the movie actually so cool yeah Yeah. and then the wacky comics i'm gonna run down the cliffs comics here in deland and i'm actually gonna buy he has some really good comics but he also has a big bin of 50 cent comics and i'm just gonna go in there and grab some random comics so you're gonna get one wacky comic and one awesome comic so how do you enter leave us a positive review on the apple podcast store to be entered we will be choosing a winner during episode 13 and that gives you three more episodes including this one to leave a review so that means you have to have it entered before we start recording episode 13 yeah right now we only have one written review so if no one else enters robbie wins by default give robbie some competition and leave a review it really helps us out indeed also um sydney just pointed out to me lesh your twitter handle is it not lesh dot is dot more oh yeah so yeah make sure you get those make sure you get those dots in there yeah cool all right, can we talk about next episode or no? Should oh, we, yeah, go should for we hold it. off on it. that? So we've been teasing it, I think, for, what, like months now? Uh, but yeah. it, it's a, it's official. Uh, Assassin's Creed next episode. So the Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered is out. Have you been playing it at all? I just downloaded it today, so I'm excited to jump into it pretty nice. soon, either today or tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah, I've started kind of replaying it, too. I'm still very early on, but, yeah, definitely by next episode, uh, We'll be kind of all caught up on Assassin's Creed, and we're going to give you a full kind of like special AC episode. So that'd be really cool. Yeah. And this is going to be my first time playing the game. So yeah. it'll be me reviewing I'm the curious. game and less reviewing the remaster. Yeah, I'm curious to know your thoughts on it for sure. Yeah, so it'll yeah. be really cool. And we'll be revealing the next installment of the Assassin's Creed franchise. So make sure you definitely stay tuned for that. Spoiler alert, it takes place in Australia and space 300 years in the future. Yeah, indeed. Actually, ooh, wait, actually, can I add one more thing? Yeah, go for it. So, apparently, this is random piece of news. Apparently, the next Assassin's Creed is Vikings. That sounds really cool. Apparently, there's, like, a leak in, like, or, like, not a leak, but, like, they, they tease it in, like, the Division 2. I guess um, there's, like, hints that the next Assassin's Creed will be Vikings-themed, so. That would be awesome. That would be that. really awesome if they did that, you know? Because that, I can just now imagine, like, the types of weapons and armor. Oh, and yeah. And then it'll all, like, be, um, like, there will be a lot of snowy regions, of course. Yeah. But then imagine the um, the water battles and such. And, and like, I will... can, it, like, gameplay-wise, I can s- still see, like, how it would 
be similar to uh, to Odyssey, which is still yeah. like my favorite right now. So yeah, it would be like it'd be Definitely. it'd be so cool. But anyway, yeah, I guess we'll just are, are we? I think we're done now, right? Yeah, I have nothing else to add. So neither do I. Cool. All right, Wailing Wolfish Aquaman reviews out of the podcast. Well, that's just too bad, Aqualad. I guess they'll have to wait until next time when we talk Assassin's Creed. Don't forget to leave us a review. Shazam! Chosen from among all others by the immortal elders Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury, Billy Batson and his mentor travel the highways and byways of the land on a never-ending mission to right wrongs, to develop understanding, and to seek justice for all. In time of dire need, young Billy has been granted the power by the immortals to summon awesome forces at the utterance of a single word. A word which transforms him in a flash into the mightiest of mortal beings, Captain Marvel.